Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. It was a weird day yesterday. I didn't have Patriots recap to get to. We didn't do our favorite unpacking the Patriots segment. I like when the Patriots are on the bye because it's no stress, but I don't like when the Patriots are on the bye because I love talking about the Pats. So we're back in our routine this week. Patriots and Jets coming up in a big divisional showdown on Sunday. Our coverage will begin at 10 a.m. And you'll hear the, well, the voice of the one and only Bob Sosie, voice of the Patriots right here on WDEV. And Bob is with us now. Bob, happy Patriots uh, kind of eh Tuesday. <laughs> well, it's good to be with you, Brady. I don't look at this as an eh Tuesday. It's a beautiful, bright, sunshine-filled <laughs> afternoon here in uh, in Boston as we talk. And the Patriots have, as you mentioned, a big game coming up against the Jets in a division in which all four teams have winning records. The Patriots right now are eighth in the AFC, although I think any discussion about the playoffs <laughs> is entirely premature. We should have learned that from last year's 9-4 and four record with the quote-unquote top seed in the AFC uh, before, of course, they spiraled out of that position following the loss to Indianapolis. But nonetheless, it is a big game on Sunday. Uh, no uh, understating and no overstating it, I should say, as the Patriots take on the Jets uh, with New York coming off a bye as well. Well, I'm looking forward to that again Sunday at 10. But let me go to uh, let me go to something else right off the top here. And I think I'm probably going to feel differently about this than you are. But uh, Peter King reported yesterday that the Patriots are – very possibly going to be one of the teams going to Germany next year and potentially hosting an NFL Germany matchup. I'm not a huge fan of my team playing overseas. I think those games tend to be sloppy and they get you out of your routine and the field conditions worry me, et cetera. But you as a broadcaster, how would you feel about going to Germany and calling an NFL Germany game with the Pats next year? Well, I, I would say it's very probable, very likely that the Patriots will be in Germany next year. It's their international marketing territory. Yep. They have broadcast games to Germany during the preseason for a number of years with German expats, Sebastian Vollmer and yeah. Marcus Kuhn calling those games for the Patriots. Those are two of uh, three uh, natives of Germany who play for the Patriots in recent uh, history, including Jakob Johnson, of course. Uh, so I think the Patriots will be there. They'll have the ninth home game next year, which, uh, of course, gives them the latitude to not lose a home game per se out of the usual eight that you're allotted every season. But now with that odd game, the 17th game and alternating between home and away each year next season, uh, they're due to have that ninth game at home. So it makes perfect sense for me. The Patriots will be in Germany. They had a big bash uh, last weekend as well. They staged a couple of events around the game between the Buccaneers mm. and the Seahawks in Germany. I had the experience of calling the game in Mexico City in 2017 between the That's Patriots right. and the Raiders. And while it was far from ideal in a lot of ways, it was a tremendous experience. I'm looking forward to it. I did not uh, uh, get a chance to call uh, the Patriots' last game in Europe which was in 2012 versus the St. Louis Rams. I think it's a tremendous opportunity. Watching that game on Sunday morning, the crowd, the atmosphere, knowing what I've learned about American football in Germany and how popular it is there, a great part because of those connections with the Patriots. I'm, I'm excited about the prospect of it. I really look forward to it. I think, like I said, I, I think it was an awesome experience. I love watching it. I just – prefer that my team not do it that's the that's the only issue I thought I think it's great for the league I just don't love it for my team but I think like I said I think I'm in the minority on that one and I understand why you would be excited uh, 
Let's get to the task at hand, Patriots and Jets. These two teams just saw each other a couple of weeks ago when the Patriots dominated that matchup. Does that quick turnaround aid one side or the other? I'll give you a little pushback. I don't think the Pats really dominated that matchup. I think that, you know, the it, the Patriots had the interceptions against Zach Wilson. Remember, the Patriots were were down late in the first half and a pick six is nullified by roughing the passer. If that play stands, there's no call. It's a 17-3 game uh, with the Patriots trying to move the ball against a very good defense. And I think the Jets looked at that as a missed opportunity at home and ended their losing streak. And, you know, they were very uh, resolute afterwards in some of the language. Even Zach Wilson said, we'll see those guys in a couple of weeks. Wilson did a much better job protecting the ball against the Bills. Uh, They had a, 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 a kind of a resurgence of their running game versus Buffalo. They forced Josh Allen into some mistakes, although Allen, of course, has been on this this streak over the last few weeks where he's been prone to turn the ball over, and the Patriots try to get Mac Jones out of that habit, and he took a step in that direction with the Patriots' most recent game. So I think it shapes up to be a very similar contest to the first meeting of these teams. Low scoring, grinded out, whoever commits the fewest mistakes wins. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV. He's with us every Tuesday at this time, and he'll be on the call on Sunday for the uh, Pats and Jets, which we'll have right here on DEV. You know, Bob, it seems like the Patriots are going to go to – and I don't mean to demean it. It seems like they're going to play a more conservative offense, and it seems like they're not going to ask Mac to do some of the things they asked him to do early in the year as far as take chances. Ramondre Stevenson has really cemented himself as the number one back. But if you are going to be a run-focused team, isn't this team going to have to get a little more balanced with Damian Harris? Because we haven't called his name as much the last couple of weeks, and injury has been a part of that. But doesn't he need to get going again the second half of the season if this is going to be the offense? Yeah, Brady, uh, you know, a couple of things. I think the first thing they have to do is shore up the offensive line. They've got to solve their blocking issues. Otherwise, they're not going to be a good running team or be able to accomplish the kind of things they want to do in the passing game. And that's been a huge problem. And, of course, it's priority one against that Jets defensive line. Uh, We saw how good they were a few weeks ago. And, you know, the Patriots going into this game will have David Andrews back. That should help. They've had some time as a coaching staff to self-scout and evaluate personnel, evaluate their schemes, evaluate their play calling and, uh, you know, the way they use that personnel. Uh, So I think that's, that's, that's priority number one solidify the the five guys blocking in front of Mac Jones and Ramadre Stevenson and Damian Harrison. To your point, I absolutely agree. I, I think the, the load that Stevenson has been asked to carry the last several weeks, whether as a runner, a receiver, or a pass protector, has been really unusual by Patriot standards. Not in my time have we seen a running back utilized so heavily by the Pats. Of course, they no longer have the fullback. They no longer have the designated third down back uh, as they did when James White was so productive for so long following in the tradition of Kevin Falk and others. So I do think that, you know, when you look at them right now, moving forward second half of the season, that Damian Harris has to be a big part of it. I kind of scoffed at the idea that the Patriots should have traded him going into the trade deadline, as some suggested, because to me, particularly at that position, and, and we saw it in the Patriots' last game with Indianapolis. What a difference for the Colts without yeah. Jonathan Taylor and with Jonathan Taylor. And when you look at the Patriots and J.J. Taylor behind Ramon mm-hmm. Stevenson, that is a huge drop-off from Damian Harris complimenting Ramon Ray Stevenson, particularly if your offensive line is having trouble because in the case of both Harris and Stevenson, they're guys who make a lot of yards in some after contact, when you look at the body of their work at the end of a game, at the end of a season. 
I think we've seen a lot of good stuff, sometimes consistently, sometimes in spurts from this year's rookie class. I think Marcus Jones has been awesome in the return game. Cole Strange has had moments. He's had moments that weren't so good either. Let me ask you about Jack Jones, and and I don't know the answer to this question. There was like a three-week stretch where we were calling Jack Jones' name every game, right? He had to pick six against Green Bay, had to pick the next week, I think, in the red zone against Detroit. We haven't called his name the last couple of weeks. Is that a product of something going wrong or has he gotten so good they're not even testing him so there's no reason to say his name what do you think what do you see from jack jones the last couple of weeks i i don't think i've seen any drop off in jack jones play i mean i think the thing that stands out to me about jack jones is his physical uh aggressiveness uh, in the run game and i think there's there's a two-part answer to why we haven't seen him test number one is i think he's established a a, a bit of a you know a, a credibility around the league where, you know, when he was in the lineup early on, teams might've been more prone. Hey, there's the rookie. Let's seek him out. You know, let's see if we can get him to bite on a double move perhaps. Although I I don't know that they have actually tried to execute that. (laughs) Uh, But now that he's several weeks, you know, past the point that you described where he had those interceptions and he made big plays, I think, you know, that, that, that certainly, you know, has got to be a factor when you're an offensive coordinator, when you're a quarterback, he's no longer the guy you want to try to exploit. Now you're maybe going to try to look elsewhere. But the bigger part of it, I think, for me, is that, you know, the passing offenses the Patriots have faced recently, and let's start with the Colts, you know, they never had a chance, mm-hmm. frankly, to True. try to target anybody in particular. Not that they would have gone after Jack Jones. I'm not saying that, but Sam Ellinger was <laughs> under an onslaught of defenders and the Colts, you know, really had no semblance of a passing attack against the Patriots in that game two weeks ago. Nor I think when you go back the previous week with Zach Wilson turning the ball over for the Jets as frequently as he did in the second half. But I think Jack Jones is 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 a is having a great rookie year, all things considered. I think the Patriots rookies on whole have exceeded expectations. Cole Strange has taken a step back the last couple of weeks, as you referenced, against very good defensive lines. That's one thing for the Colts, too. When you look at their defensive front, maybe not as uh, you know uh, highly publicized as the Jets, nor as you know stout and as deep as the Jets, but I think still that front four, the starting four of uh, Ngakwe, Buckner, Stewart, Pay. That's very good. And I think that, you know, in the case of Cole Strange, he took a step back, but there are reasons for that. Uh, and with the other rookies, I mean, inconsistency is what you expect from the rookie class. The big jump in consistency is supposed to come really near two. You know, we can rip the Pats offense all we want. We can talk about red zone struggles, and, and a lot of it is justified. But we also have to compliment Nick Folk because he's the guy who is salvaging points on these drives that aren't ending up in touchdowns. And I'm not really into midseason awards and rankings and MVPs and all that. Nick Folk is this team's offensive MVP, at least through the first half of the season. What a luxury he's been. And really a revelation. You know, he's 38 years old, I think. They got him in 2020, and I wasn't expecting a whole lot. And he's been rock solid for two and a half years now, Bob. Great. In 2017, the Patriots played the Bucks on a Thursday night, and Nick Folk missed three field goals. He That's right. In, yes. in the rain. That was his last game in the NFL before the Patriots signed him. Wow. Uh, and he wasn't their first choice. Remember, 2019, they had brought in several others. 2019, yes. And, and, and you know, eventually they moved on from Kai Forbath. Uh, Stephen Gostkowski had gotten hurt early in that season. Mike Nugent Folk- was there for a bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike Nugent, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and uh, in the case of Nick Folk, he has been a revelation. 
he spent time in the Alliance of American Football. He was selling commercial real estate. It's a tremendous story, and he's really been a great fit in that locker room. I think that's one of the things that stands out about the Patriots kickers, the regulars, in my experience, calling uh, Pat's games. And Stephen Gostkowski and Nick Falk, and what I know of with regards to Adam Vinatieri, you know, place kickers have this reputation of being the guys that, you know, they, they're off on their own during practice and they're not really football players per se. They're not really athletes like the rest of the guys who grind and sweat and pump iron on a daily basis. And yet those Patriots place kickers have all had a reputation and have been described by head coach Bill Belichick and their teammates as being football players, not just kickers, not just specialists, they're football players. I think they're all great, very good athletes. I think they're all you know, guys that have been very professional in their time with the Patriots and really blended well with everybody else. And the most important part of it is they've all been consistently reliable. And, and Folk has been terrific for this team. You can make an argument, really, if you, may, if you had an MVP award for the last two and a half seasons, it would mm-hmm. be Nick Folk. Yeah, Nick Folk has been great and a tremendous story. And yeah, a serious revelation because when Goskowski got hurt in 2019, we were all thinking, because he had missed a couple of kicks, he was injured. Then I think he went on IR and he missed the rest of the season. And the kicking game was a real problem for that team. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Folk has come and solidified it for the last couple of years. He's been awesome. Well, the call of the game, I'm sure, will be awesome as well. Patriots and Jets coming up Sunday, 10 a.m. with our pregame show, 1 p.m. with the kickoff. Bob and Zoe on the call as always here on DEV. Bob, much appreciated as always. I hope the bye week was uh, restful because it's uh, it's it's every week until hopefully February for you from here on out. So we'll talk to you yeah. next week. Starting Sunday, three games in 12 days. Looking forward to it, Brady. Appreciate it.